This is your Week in Gaming, episode 19, recorded for the 25th of August 2023, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, we celebrate Sam's 30th level, Valve fixing games after 14 years, Gamescom's fever dreams, and a Razor Razor. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 19 of your Week in Gaming. As uh, episodes continue to tick off, we have something to celebrate today as somebody has finally reached level 30. Hello, Samantha. That's me, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Finally decided to level 30. And problem, though, you've multi-classed into everything else and just focused on all the other wrong classes so you do not have access to the wish spell. You know, my magical personality is all the magic I need. Unfortunately, like you said, doesn't come with a wish spell. So probably, uh, probably should have taken some other levels. (laughs) <laughs> I also think that you've leveled a little bit too much into Barbarian, right? I don't have a temper problem. People have a stupid problem. <laughs> she says this, but uh, she definitely <laughs> wants to rage every now and then. <laughs> uh, I think we all do, especially in traffic. Oh, yeah, very much so. But we have got a ton of gaming news today. We have got, there's Gamescom. There's there's some Valve news. There's some Microsoft news. There's There's so much going on. This week has been absolutely loaded we won't be able to cover everything but uh, we do have another little special segment at the end to try and rattle off everything that has happened from the first two days of gamescom yeah obviously not every single thing that's happened this is more or less like the highlights reel uh for the opening night and for day one uh, because we we would have recorded yesterday so we will have missed one day of gamescom which you can obviously go and check out and there's two days left so uh there's a lot and like we said so much news to get through hopefully we'll be able to catch up and make it up in the next episode yeah, we'll definitely bring you the uh, the rest of the news for from the last few days, but that will be in next week's episode. Gaming news now in very typical Valve fashion. Left 4 Dead 2 has received a minor update with notes that are as long as your arm, uh, is, is what PC Gamer reports. Clearly, somebody's still listening to the complaints from the other players. The update makes some substantial some not so substantial, and in some cases, slightly bonkers changes to the game. One example of these is that it's restored the knife's original horizontal swing trajectory, which some players are saying makes the knife great again. Uh, Some other fixes are like the first attacker being credited for damage from exploding props that has been fixed. But the real big change is across many of the game's maps. A lot of them have been revamped. Some of the more genuine bugs, uh, like on map three of the dead center, where you could get lodged inside a or on by a vending machine, has been fixed. It's only taken them 14 years to do this. And there was an elaborate SI out-of-bounds exploit on the other Dark Carnival map. The other big change is... There is a gator that is in the Swamp Fever map that has also been named. So next time you're in Swamp Fever, go say hello to Fred the gator. You know, so you talk about the um, the, the 14 years to fix a wall bug. Uh, and I just had to go and just double check which game it was. And it looks like it was Hitman. There is a wall that if you stand in that wall, yeah. you die. And <laughs> what the devs were trying to like patch it out and trying to fix it. And so they put some stuff there, like yeah. little things, right? Just little things. Yeah. And people were still getting stuck in the wall and dying. And eventually the devs just piled a bunch of boxes on top of each other in front of the wall so that you couldn't step into the wall. Because, and, and the thing, and I mean, it begs 
begs the question, if you could put solid objects like boxes in front of the wall, why could you not make the wall solid enough to not clip into and kill you? I don't know. I'm not a dev. But uh, <laughs> clearly clearly, these things are a lot more complicated than, than what meets the eye. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a case of it should be simple, right? You make a wall, it's solid. You shouldn't be able to go through it. But clearly, there's obviously some little pixels or whatever the case is. I am by no means an expert when it comes to game dev at all. In fact, I know pretty much nothing. I know people develop a game using code and softwares and things, and then I get a game that I play. And that's the only thing I'm interested in, and then we become very hypercritical about you about that. We don't really look at all the background stuff and everything. But 14 years to fix a bug, at least they are doing something other than working on Left 4 Dead 3. But I think we also know that Valve is very allergic to the number three. It's Portal 1, Portal 2, Half-Life 1, Half-Life 2. Uh, what, what were the, some of the uh, the other ones? There was Dota, uh, Dota 2. Do- Dota, Dota 2. Or Dota, I think, was more the uh, Dota was one like of the, the mods. The, the mod, yeah. And then Dota 2 came out as Valve. So maybe we'll get a Dota like 2.5 one day. CS 1.6, Counter-Strike Go, CS 2. Like, they're allergic to go any higher than that, so... I don't have high hopes, but maybe this is a hint that, hey, we may be working on uh, Left 4 Dead 3, which would be really nice. It, Left 4 Dead 2 is such a fun game. I will probably go and re-download this just to go and slaughter hordes upon hordes upon hordes of of uh, of zombies, of big explosion, exploding uh, charges and boomers and things. It's going to be so much fun. African FPS players, rejoice. Our favorite FPS, <coughs> Valorant has announced that uh, we are finally getting local servers. No, you did not hear me wrong. We are getting local Valorant servers. No more 150 plus ping. No more queuing into Bahrain for slightly lower ping, but having packet loss, having to struggle with the language barrier, and best of all, the potential for a local esports boom, which obviously for me is the most exciting part of all of that. Now, there is a lot of cool stuff that's coming up, uh, coming up for us local gamers, but I unfortunately cannot divulge much just yet we have to wait for stuff to get announced and so on and so on i was lucky enough to have had a chat with uh, some of the guys at carry first so i have a little bit of an idea but what i can tell you is that it is going to be dope and the carry first company they're the ones that are launching the servers locally uh, in conjunction with riot they're working incredibly hard to bolster the local player base and really get the scene off the ground and so i'm really really excited we know that games like counter-strike like dota 2 they've thrived with local servers so i i really can't see this being any different you are muted clearly I, I, as i started speaking i was like wait i'm pretty sure i'm on mute <laughs> all right Clearly, you know, the whole time of being at COVID, work from home and having meetings virtually, you know, everybody used to speak and forget they're on mute or whatever the case is. And I clearly have not grown out of that just yet, right? But what I was trying to say is that I'm one of those that is a CS diehard, right? I feel that CS is the superior FPS. I feel that if you need to have superpowers in order to make your agents or whatever they want to call themselves cool then it's it's already an inferior game, right? And I know that this is where you and I are going to clash on that. But I will see the fact that if we, when we, okay, not if, when we have local servers, I will allow you to try and teach me the ropes of this Valorant pew-pew uh, shooter, right? That's I, the spirit. I, I will at least see that I will give it a try, all right? I will, I will, I will wait until I pass more hard judgment until I've played, right? 
my only concern is every time there are local servers in games, sometimes the player base just doesn't really create enough uh, uh, lobbies or whatever the case is. That's my only concern. However, Valorant is a big game. It is a competitor to, to CS. I still think CS is bigger, but... There's a lot of local players that I know of that do play Valorant on the EU servers. They will probably this will probably promote more people to play locally, mm. which will be great. I just hope it doesn't doesn't become a very quiet, dead investment right at the end of the day. That's my concern. Um, but at least South African players are now able to say, "Yes, local servers." Now, just don't make them regret it. Counter Strike is bigger still. Like, no one can deny that. There is a dynasty behind that game that goes back years, and it would take so much to topple something that massive. So unsurprising that currently it is still the bigger one. But a lot of people who enjoyed Valorant and want to play Valorant were kind of not scared off, but, like, they got fed up with the fact that they had to play on high ping to play. I mean, I know that we talk about Pika's advantage and stuff, but if you want to be like a, a like an op player, which is, of course, the Valorant version of the AWP, that's not really going to work in your favor, particularly if you're on like a defensive side, you're trying to hold an angle, right? Like, sure, maybe if you're swinging with a shotgun of some description, maybe you'll have the advantage there. But for the most part, the ping is disastrous. You think you've used an ability, uh, you see it go off on your screen, but JK, you died before it actually happened. You know, it's these small things that really do make a, a big difference. And, you know, you talk about the player base and i think that there's definitely going to be an influx of players when the game launches and then it's on us to try and keep them and i know that carry first if you guys haven't seen it yet go check them out on twitter they've put out a call for local content creators because they're doing a very specific like val za thing that's coming up again can't really go into detail but if you are a content creator reach out to carry first tell them you want to get involved tell them you want to you know help boost the scene help signal boosts the fact that we've got local servers etc like we need to really put in the effort here because like honestly riot took a chance on us two years mm -hmm. ago when people when south africans were going we need servers we need servers and i was one of the prime people going why would they give us servers why we, mm. we don't have players like it, it's just not gonna work i was one of the forefront runners of that and riot have decided to take that chance on us and I feel like it's really up to us to show them, as you say, they didn't make a mistake. Also on the note of Valorant, this is really exciting for me. There is a leak that has suggested that we may be getting an animated Valorant movie. Yay! You know what? If it stands up to the level that Arcane was, which Riot did, which was phenomenal. It really and truly was an amazing, you know, anime series. I think it was about 10 or 12 episodes, if I remember correctly. Uh, if, if it's to that kind of standard, which... Riot generally do put a lot of hard work into things like that. I'm super stoked. I'm super happy for it. Uh, they, they, especially their content stuff never fails to disappoint. All the League of Legends things that they've created, uh, the TFT uh, stuff that they do, there's a lot of really good content. So if it's to the same level as Arcane, uh, that, Riot, you're going to have a lot of people that are going to be interested in the Valorant movie. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Nag has reported that Microsoft have changed the Activision Blizzard deal to offer all cloud gaming rights to Ubisoft for 15 years. Now, I'm going to let th that sink in just for a moment before I continue. That's all cloud gaming rights to Ubisoft for 15 years. This was done to try and win over the powers that be, which is the UK's Competition and Markets Authority. Uh, the UK CMA has released a statement saying that they will review this new offer, but have cautioned Microsoft that this is not a green light to the deal and that they may deliver or that they will be delivering their final decision by the 18th of October. 
of all companies, Ubisoft. Now, this is probably the best worst company that you could choose considering <laughs> what has happened. Like, this, they, first of all, like the launch is really, really rubbish, right? Oh, it's so bad. So, some of their games, right, that they've got on Steam for you to go and purchase, right? You still, <laughs> it still downloads the Ubisoft launcher and it runs it through that. I saw, I was in a, I was in a friend's Twitch chat uh, earlier this, this, this afternoon and there was a person that had an Ubisoft game he wanted to play. And for some reason, he couldn't play it because he didn't have it on the Ubisoft launcher, but he owns it in Steam. But because it loaded up through the Ubisoft launcher, look, I think it's a bug, but I mean, that's really, really shocking, first of all. But at the end of the day, right, if you're going to pick a company, you can say, listen, here's our, you know, all cloud gaming rights, right? For 15 years, if you were going to pick a company, you may as well pick somebody like Ubisoft, right? Honestly, like who else? Riot? Question mark? Larian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 on cloud gaming. Like it doesn't really have some, you know, like serious computer requirements already to play the game, right? It's just, if you're going to pick a company, they're probably the best slash worst however you want to look at it company to pick from um you don't want to really give it to anybody else because people like riot they'll be able to run away with it i mean they've got league of legends they can play on a toaster imagine it now being played via a browser kind of thing um you could pick you know you don't want to give it to a company like sony and everything i mean they've already invested so much and they've trademarked some or, or patented some new mmo server tech and stuff so, so they're a direct competitor, so that just yeah. makes sense. So you're definitely not going to give it to them. But if you're wanting to appease somebody and say, listen, he has 15 years of cloud gaming rights, you know, you couldn't pick a better better company, I guess? I feel like maybe you could go with Valve, because obviously they have Steam and that's already, and, and that's like the most popular uh, launcher in like mm. the world. Mm. So, but then again, maybe that's also seen as like a direct competitor in some regards. You know, it's like how Disney decided we're going to pull everything off of Netflix and make our own streaming company with Blackjack and 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 Pretty Women. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, and that has turned out clearly wonderfully for them, right? They just I still use Disney Plus, all right. I I love Disney Plus. You're one of a few people. I'm not a big fan of it. There's there's I've got some issues with the uh, the the app and everything, but I mean, that's just another thing. But uh, yeah, so oh, that's 15 years, the app. <laughs> probably what the problem is. But yeah, so the UK CMA are going to be looking at this. Hopefully it gets this deal rolling because some of us really want to play those ActiBliss games on Game Pass. It might not be immediately, but we would like to. Imagine being able to go play Diablo 1 on, on Game Pass. Oh, man. Starcraft. Listen, Diablo 1 is incredibly difficult, okay? Anybody who's crazy enough to think they're just going to pick up Diablo 1 and, and play it, good luck. But me. yes, I... That's I, <laughs> 100%. But yeah, some of those older games, it'd be really cool if we... Like, I know a lot of um, devs are bringing out, like, old arcade-type games. Like, Blizzard brought out some of the very, very first games they ever made in this, like, arcade style. You can get it on the Blizzard launcher. Like, we need more companies doing that. So hopefully with something like this, we might... Uh, we might actually get that option. In the vein of consoles, the Xbox 360 storefront is shutting down for good in July 2024. Cue coffin dons. Uh, Microsoft will cease purchases of new games, DLC, and other entertainment content from the Xbox 360 store on the console and the Xbox 360 marketplace, as well as stop functionality of the Microsoft movies and TV app 
on the Xbox 360 console. However, this will not impact the ability to play Xbox 360 games or DLC that you've already bought. And that, of course, applies to digital or physical, because it would be kind of silly if somehow your physical copies just didn't work anymore. Additionally, if you've deleted a game off your Xbox 360 console, it can still be redownloaded even after July 2024. And thankfully, players will also be able to continue playing multiplayer games if, caveat, if the publisher still supports the online servers. So fingers crossed that your favorite game uh, is still maintained by the publisher on old gen. Here's the thing, right? Online platforms can't be kept forever. And making every single game compatible with the newest gen tech might not really be feasible. It might not be logistically feasible. It might not be financially feasible. I don't own a AAA dev so or, or, or a um, console dev, so I, I couldn't tell you the exact thing, but I imagine probably not feasible. And we've spoken a lot about game, games being lost to time, which is sad, we've said it, but I also kind of get why eventually these marketplaces lose their support. Most people are upgrading to the newer gen and Xbox 360 is two gens old at this point. So it's, you know, for those of us that use real numbers, uh, it's like the PlayStation 3. It's really old comparatively. Yeah. Um, so the good news for those of us with PlayStations is that Sony is keeping our stores open for now. But unfortunately, Xbox... If you're a 360 player, you're going to have to say goodbye to that store. The Xbox 360 came out, I think we checked this, which was November 2005. So it is a console that is 18, it'll be like close to 19 years old when the store eventually does get shut down, right? That's a long time to keep a store up. And I understand, okay, first of all, the, the Xbox 360 was prone to the whole red ring of death kind of thing, right? And, you know, if you look after your stuff, sure, it lost. But 18 years for a console being alive is a really, really long time. If you're, if you're one of those players that a store has a 360, you've clearly looked after your product. And so good on you to looking after your tech, right? Which will at some stage end up in a tech museum. It probably is very close to that already. But yeah, these these servers and these storefronts can't, you know, it, there's a lot of costs in going into it. And I think this is also probably, uh, there might be two reasons for this, right? One is that the costs are too high to keep this thing going. At some stage, you're just carrying a burden with you, right? And you know, the cost versus benefit factors kind of fall away down to the wayside. The other option could be, or the other reason that this could be a a, a move by Microsoft or a smart move is to try and get people onto the new tech, onto the Xbox Series X mm. and S and whatever else they've decided to name their things instead of one, two, three, four, five, you know, like normal people would. The Xbox, then the Xbox 360, then the Xbox One, then the X and S and all the... I think this is just probably another move to try and get people to be like, hey, you know, there, there is other newer tech, you know, rather jump over to things like that. Um, and I think out of the consoles, the Xbox versus like the PlayStation, the Xbox is a lot cheaper. So if you were looking at which console and you have a look at the pros and cons, Xbox, I think in terms of their whole ecosystem with the uh, the Game Pass and, and just the cost of the consoles is a lot cheaper than what a the PlayStation and everything is. So if you were to upgrade, chances are, Going to one of the later uh, editions of the Xbox is probably a wiser move. So I think this is kind of like a, come on, guys, we've got other tech, start using it. <laughs> I will say this made me feel really old, especially given that it is my 30th birthday today. But um, <laughs> I still have my PlayStation 2. Now, okay, so I'm going to be honest. I do have a PS1. It wasn't mine. 
I bought it about seven or eight years ago. It cost me a bottle of brandy. <laughs> you know, why not? The most so, South African thing to say. <laughs> I, got, I got this place for a bottle of brandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just wanted it so that I could complete the set. So I'm going to be honest about that. But my PlayStation 2, I've had it since I was a kid. And this came out, yeah. not a PlayStation Slim, the actual Thick Boy. Um, the big one? Yes. That came out in 2000, and it still works. Last week, I was jamming The Sims 2 and Shark Tale because there was a Shark Tale game, and I had to have it when I was seven years old. Um, But I still have it, and I was jamming it, and it still runs perfectly. So um, for longevity, not just in terms of like the console staying alive, but also in terms of support, from the manufacturer and from the marketplace and so on. PlayStation number one, not PlayStation one, not to be confused with PlayStation one. Um, Xbox, on the other hand, a little bit cheaper, but eventually they're going to stop caring about you. So, you know, just you got to think about where your priorities lie, folks. Weren't you also playing The Sims 2 on the PS2 recently? I think I I was right in seeing some screenshots in in, in Discord the one day, right? That game has no chill. It's amazing how times have changed. That game, mm-hmm. when I remember, I remember seeing the screenshot, and I was like, "Wow, that game had no chill back in the day." <laughs> if only, if only we knew what we knew then, what we knew now, huh? Lord, if that game launched today, woof. <laughs> and it's now time for Sam's soon-to-be successes. Moving swiftly along, so zero space. Funnily enough, with no space in between. It's one word. Zero space is an ambitious. RTS, or real-time strategy, RPG, mashup, with narrative choices drawing inspiration from games like Mass Effect and Baldur's Gate. What a mashup. Uh, The first game from Starland Studios, it builds itself as a cinematic RTS with an epic sci-fi story where your decisions determine the fate of the galaxy. And it looks like it's going for a novel mix of RTS and cinematic Bioware-style RPG. The game's single-player campaign mode will feature all that factional stuff you'd expect from an RTS. Four main and six mercenary factions, with the latter featuring units but no structures, alongside branching narratives and RPG elements similar to games like Mass Effect or Baldur's Gate. That means stuff like interactive dialogues, 40 side story arcs, and even loyalty missions for the hero units. Starlands promises all sorts of moving parts. So all of the aforementioned factions, plus 14 hero units that provide for nearly limitless combinations in combat. The lead campaign designer, Grant Pertle, came and said, "Uh, historically, RTSs have constrained players to a set of rigid tools the developer has constructed. But Zero Space's mix-and-match system for factions, mercenaries, and heroes brings near-limitless levels of player expression. The game has also, and this is the most exciting part for me, it has also enlisted three professional StarCraft players to add input in the process, including for game balancing, which is so exciting, and more devs need to be doing this because these are people who are paid to play your game every day like six to ten hours a day right they are grinding it they know what works they know what doesn't so enlisting their help is going to do huge things for it now it does sound incredibly ambitious but if it excited you and you want to help ensure that it does in fact go ahead you can check out their kickstarter which is now 
live. So that's a reminder. It is zero space, one word, uh, over on kickstarter.com. And um, I had a, had a little bit of a chuckle looking at the, the pledge amounts because... Oh, yeah? <laughs> Tell us about the pledge amounts. Because I also had so, a look, and but I, I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> I'll allow you to ruin the surprise. So the lowest pledge level is $35. This gives you three items, a digital wallpaper pack, a digital game on Steam, discounted, and a Discord backer chat. So then I'm like, okay, okay, maybe maybe that's like the lower level. And then as you, and then that's already $35, but $35 for a game, like, cool. You know, you're going to get discount that you're going to pay the rest to make up because games are normally around the $70 mark. Cool. That makes sense. Cool. Let's have a look at the other one. So I scroll all the way down to the big boy, right? Every mm-hmm. Kickstarter has their big boy buy-in where you spend half your life savings and you get some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So there is a kick, there is a, a pledge level here for $10,000. And what does this come with, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you. You will be able to work with the designers to design your own hero. That's actually really cool, along with a lot of other stuff that comes with all of the other tiers. Very, very dope. You will also get the digital wallpaper uh, pack. There's a special Kickstarter portrait border and the digital game on Steam. Discounted. (laughs) I I don't know. So... (laughs) I don't know if this is a typo or if it's just leaning into the thing that like, so if you go into Kickstarter's TOS, and I think that the problem is that we've we've become very spoiled when it comes to Kickstarter. But when you read the stuff, they say nothing is guaranteed. We are not guaranteed to give you something when this is done. The point of this is that you are backing because you believe in us. And if we want to give you stuff, then we will. And so the stuff they're giving you is a discount for their game. But I think a lot of people, like myself, are going to look at that and go, ha! I'm all for backing ambitious games, right? And this has to be an ambitious game, right? It's an RTS, right, which is already a very unique uh, genre on its own, right? It definitely appeals to a certain type of player. Me? I'm not one of those. I The, the RTSs that I can remember that I used to play was like Command & Conquer, Tiberium Wars... Uh, I used to play a little bit of... I didn't really play Age of Empires. The reason being is because I hated when farms were depleted. I had to go and manually put them on. <laughs> I I preferred uh, the uh, Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds 2, right? Which was the... Or, I don't think it was Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds 2. But there was basically their version of Star Wars Age of Empires. And at least their farms, you didn't have to go. You could just... Where your little food shelter is, you could just stack up a whole bunch of extra farms. And when farms were depleted, it just made extra. So I preferred that also. Also, the Trade Federation was cool because it didn't need shelters because robots. To, to mash an RTS and RPG together, especially when you're taking uh, inspiration from games like Mass Effect, who is really good at driving a, a very story-based world, making your decisions important, except for Mass Effect 3. We don't talk about that one. To mash those two together, it's it's going to be difficult to, to, to pull it off. Now, to get to my point, if you're telling me that I need to back your, your ambitious game and I decide, you know what, I'm going to back 100 or $200 to you, right, at one of those pledge levels, that I'm only going to get a discount to your game, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say, you know what, I actually won't back your game at all. I will wait to see what it looks like when it comes out. I won't believe the $10,000 pledge. It goes off, you know, the game pops off and you're like, oh, you know what? Thank you so much for doing it. 
Here's your discount code to purchase the game. It doesn't matter whether it's Thank you for helping us design a hero in the game. Here's your discount. It it doesn't matter whether it is a 1% discount or a 99% discount. It doesn't matter. Whether I have to pay $1 or $30 for that game, I still feel like you have shafted me because you have told me, you've asked me to back a game. I've done that. And I've backed the 10,000 tier and I've helped you create a hero and it's really cool. But I have to still go and purchase the game? It just doesn't sit right with me. Putting that aside, it does look really cool. And it it will be something that maybe I'll try. It's, oh man, I I enjoy sci-fi, but $10,000 and, oh, here's a discount for the game. (laughs) Look, I mean, it does come with a lot of stuff. So the, the $10,000 pledge comes with uh, the wallpaper pack, the game discount, KEKW, uh, a, kick, <laughs> a special Kickstarter portrait border, a digital art book, a Kickstarter hero skin, your name in the credits, a beta key, special alpha and beta dev chat, a sticker pack, a thank you postcard, a printed game manual, uh, manual, choice of four legendary hero skins, an early alpha key, a hardcover art and lore bible, a mirror painted figurine, which I imagine is one of the heroes, a signed art poster, your chosen name as one of the units, lifetime DLC and skins, a minor character in the campaign, and design your own hero. So there is a lot of stuff that comes with it, just not the game the only other thing that i could think it could be is when they say discounted they mean that you do get the game with the pledge but at a it's worked out or it's calculated at a discounted cost compared to what it would cost on steam so for example if you go for the 35 dollar maybe the game is going to cost 45 dollars or 40 dollars or whatever and they're saying you're going to get the game for 35 dollars which is discounted from the price on steam so i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now like we really ragged on them about this one and maybe Mm. it's just a wording issue so i'll give you the benefit of the doubt and um there you go game sounds pretty cool so maybe i'll try it as well yeah so go check it out it's on kickstarter right now zero space no space a game based in space somewhere <laughs> so if you have been living under a rock like i have this entire week it's been one of those weeks gamescom is currently happening two days have happened there's been a lot of announcements some of them are really really good day one was absolutely loaded we obviously these are just some highlights as sam mentioned at the beginning of the episode there will be more we'll tell you a little bit more about it in next week's episode once day three happens uh i, I don't even know if there's any more days it's just like there's yep. so much news it's, it's, it's like sunday th- it just keeps going man there's just so much news but i suppose they've kind of filled the void that like e3 kind of had so if anything it's it's, it's filled that void and there's so much. So in this little segment where we're just going to run over some of the highlights, right? Tekken 8 will officially release on the 26th of January, 2024 on all platforms. Assassin's Creed Mirage was shown to be set in 9th century Baghdad with a full Arabic voiceover. Release date set 5th October. CD Projekt Red has released a gameplay trailer for Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, but also announced that all players, regardless of whether or not they have bought the DLC, will get access to version 2.0 update, which will bring it bring a slew of improvements. The release date for this is the 26th of September, and it is huge. And anyone who remembers the original release will be very happy to know that they will get the 2.0 upgrade. <laughs> yeah, there was an article I read on it just before, and I was like, you may the get the the update's so big, you may as well just start a new game. There you go. 
Uh, our favorite blue hedgehog is back in Sonic Superstars, which features all new co-op gameplay, up to four players, I believe it was, as well as a free-for-all battle mode. This is releasing on 17 October. Speaking of the Blue Hedgehog, Sonic Frontier will be receiving a free update called The Final Horizon, bringing with it a new story, new playable characters, and new challenges. Little Nightmares 3 has officially been announced, with the trailer revealing co-op gameplay. Think it takes two, but really creepy, like, like a fever dream, okay? Super creepy. Uh, the team also announced that a new podcast series called The Sounds of Nightmares uh, is releasing as well, which will tell a new story in the game's universe, and it is available on Spotify. Black Myth Wukong has a new trailer. Go check it out. It's set for summer or winter for a Southern Hemisphere folk and a 2024 launch. And it looks good. Uh, Marvel Snap is now available on Steam and is officially exiting early access on PC. Wild, reading that a game is finally leaving early access. Well, this game did it, like 10 years later. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Grand Blue Fantasy Relink is release date has been confirmed for 1 February on PS4, PS5, and PC. Suck it, Xbox. Uh, Nightingale. <laughs> Nightingale, a Victorian gas lamp fantasy-themed shared world survival crafting game, <gasps> has pushed its early access back to 22 Feb. So unfortunately, if you want to play that, you are going to have to wait a little bit longer. And it took you two breaths to get through that mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> For those who love an obscure simulation game, Expeditions, a mudrunner game, is one where you focus, uh, where the focus of the game is on the activity of vehicle off-roading. And it looks cool if you like weird simulators. I, you know what? I'd rather off-road IRL to ZA things. But you know what? If that's not a thing you have access to, you know, fair enough. Speaking of Age of Empires, a little bit of a throwback there. This game is now available on both Xbox for the very first time and Game Pass. More reason just to get on Game Pass, right? Or just get newer tech, really. <laughs> So, Killing Floor 3 was announced, which with release intended for the latest gen consoles and PC. Wake 2 is set to release on 27 October. They pushed the date back a little bit just because of how many games are releasing in October. But it will still have an October release. And it's incredibly looking or incredibly spooky looking gameplay fits perfectly with its spooky season release. Yeah, it, it looks really good. It's like the one horror game that I've been able to play and it still took me a long time. <laughs> I had to play it during the day. It was, Aww. Alan Wake was great. Alan Wake 2 is a game that I will I will play just in small little bits, that's all. <laughs> Diablo 4 Season 2 is titled Season of Blood and it involves vampires, vampire hunting, using vampire powers to hunt vampires. You kind of get the gist of it, right? Um, it's stated for 17th of October, so be sure to get more details from us a little bit closer to the time. Hopefully, it's better than what Season 1 has been. It, it will be. They fired that guy. We go again. <laughs> Here's an interesting one, folks. Fallout is getting a TV series. You know what? I can get behind it. It's a pretty cool, nifty concept and thing, so yeah. it would be a series that I would get around, you know? Lord of the Rings Moira is coming to PC and PS5 on the 24th of October. Xbox Series X and S is slated for early 2024. Listen, this is not Overwatch. <laughs> it's not Moira. <laughs> Moriah. Moriah, Moriah, something like I, that. Who knows? However you pronounce it, I am terribly sorry. But yes, that is releasing. You see, Lord of the Rock. Rings Overwatch. Yeah. 
Uh, Star Wars Dark Forces is getting a remake. It is now in development for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. A really, really cool game. You haven't played it? May as well play the remake when it comes out. Two Rock 3 Shadow of Oblivion is also on the way with release slated for sometime between October and December this year on PC, PS, Xbox, and Switch. And for the really exciting one for me, uh, Song of Nunu, a League of Legends story. This is like a little single player adventure type game thing. Uh, It has received a new trailer, so go check that out. No news on release date yet, unfortunately, but it is expected to release sometime this fall, which is spring for us, you know, Southlanders. Yeah, so that is a lot of news just from the first two days of Gamescom, and that's just the highlights. There is so much more. So if you cannot wait, just watch it live. I think they're streaming on YouTube and Twitch. They might mm-hmm. be on other platforms as well, but that's definitely where you'll be able to go and watch them. I think it's on twitch.tv forward slash gamescom, I think is what the uh, the URL is. So if you haven't watched anything yet, go check it out. There's still more days coming if you really want to be on top of everything, or you can just wait for us a couple of highlights uh, next week. And in this week's news that nobody cares about, I lie, there are some people that are going to care about There is a crossover that has taken place that we didn't know we needed, but now we definitely want. Gillette and Razer, the computer company, not the edgy blade thing that you actually use to like shave or anything, has combined forces to produce the Gillette Razer Razer. (laughs) Promise, this is no gag. This is not like the April Fool's joke that uh, Razer did previously. This is legit. Gillette Labs have combined their disposable razor with the flagship acid green black trim into of, of the razor products to form the Gillette Labs with exfoliating bar razor. The joint statement by the companies has said that the latter's distinctive three snake logo will also be part of the design. It's a true for gamers by gamers product. True cutting edge technology. The motto for this is going to be feel sharp, play sharp. Disappointingly, there is no RGB in sight, which might be the only turn away product or t- turn away, you know, part for Razer products. But at the same time, I'm probably going to end up buying one. Because- Guys, <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Just listen, some of us have to like to keep our head cleanly shaved and everything. And I've got a generic razor that I use, right? It's like a four or five blade or whatever the case is. But now the fact that I can get a Gillette razor, razor, to shave my head as a game why would i not why would i not go and pay like all i'm saying is there is a reason this stuff is marketed to men we're stupid and we're gonna go throw our money at it right i'm definitely going to go i'm I'm definitely going to go buy it i'm gonna go spend i think there were the 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 article is said around about 25 dollars right for the look okay it's not going to be a 25 dollar use once throw the entire thing away no it's going to be where you're going to get the uh the razors for it that you're going to purchase you know they're just the razors are disposable not the actual shaver itself i'm going to probably going to go spend the 25 dollars to go and get this which is probably overpriced for a razor in itself already do i care probably not you're right i actually don't care i do not (laughs) i do not care at all i'm probably gonna end up buying this i've already told my wife that listen we're going to have this it's going to be there and she just she was the one that showed me this and when i told her that she was just like (sighs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a huge sign. She knows. She understands. It's dumb. This <laughs> is <laughs> this is literally the pleb version of two point six million dollar magic card. This is like I can't afford two point six million dollars for a magic card, but I can afford two hundred fifty dollars for a really dumb razor razor. <laughs> it's a tw- twenty five dollars for a ra- the razor razor, which is the Gillette Labs with exfoliating bar razor bar razor. 
It is a lot. Weirdest it's a mouthful. Flicks, bro. bro, you're going to be <laughs> you're with your friends being like, oh, yeah, I got the razor razor. And they'll be like, weird flex, bro. <laughs> They're going to see me shaving with my with my razor razor, they right? They see me shaving. And then I'm going <laughs> to... They hate <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm gonna walk out with you know i'm gonna be worried about diseases and things so i'm gonna walk out with my razor face mask with my razor sunglasses because they're getting into everything <laughs> and what stage are they going man. to go into or what stage are they going to go into makeup can you imagine a, a razor eyeliner pencil thing I, I don't know what it's called is it an eyeliner pencil yes imagine getting things like that by razor hmm? no thank you <laughs> So I will yeah, say there you... is Harry Potter makeup and I really want that. So, you know, you got to know your audience. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you're a gay man, you're looking for, you're in the market for a new razor, just hang on a little bit for the uh, Gillette Labs with exfoliating bar razor in collaboration with Razor. Well, that about rounds up on News in Gaming this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 19 of your Week in Gaming. We want to just take a little moment here just to also say a big shout out to our friends over at Esports Central. Without them, this project that we had start or have started and continue with would never have gotten off the uh, the ground. Um, we we approached them with a with an idea of doing the podcast myself um, and Frog Boots along with uh, Samantha, and they were happy to join on and everything to help us get off the ground. Um, so without them, we wouldn't uh, be where we are at the moment. And we just want to say a big thank you uh, to you guys. Without you, we probably wouldn't be recording a uh, a podcast and uh, a very big special shout out has to go to chris house he's one of the most amazing marketing people that you'll ever meet here in south africa he really looks uh, out for creators that uh, he does work with and uh, honestly you you treat him right he he will look after you in terms of marketing so chris a, a very big big thank you uh from from us over here uh, we really appreciate what you've been able to do and uh, we hope to continue with this uh, this thing going in the uh, the future. You can find us on X or Twitter, as Sam would like to have, at YWIG Podcast, and by email at yourweekinggamingpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Andrew, and you can find me on social media at my name is Pengu. Uh, I'm Sam. You can find me across social media at Nari Mizuki. You see, I try to take a little leaf out of your page for a change, right? Out of boy. A leaf out of your book. Page out yes. of your book. Whatever, whatever the saying is, right? It's been a long week, right? <laughs> It's been a really, really long way. Very few but people know fine. this, but it's actually, it's not a piece of paper. It is a leaf of paper. So you do, in fact, take a leaf out of something. More you know, right? T-I-L. Today I learned. I'll go and post that directly on Reddit right now. Our next episode will be out on Friday, the 1st of September, 2023 at 7am GMT plus 2 and across all major podcast platforms. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.